partnered with Foria Wellness, which is a CBD brand that makes really beautiful self-care products, um, luxury type of things that can help relax you. Um, they make a really nice bath salt, um, a wonderful hand salve, really thick, nourishing hand salve. They make CBD lube. They make CBD suppositories that are one of the only things that I've found that help with my cramps and they help so fast. It's pretty incredible. Um, and now they also make su suppositories for, for butts. Um, there is a link for that uh, in the show notes. And when you shop through that link, we get a little kickback. So that helps us out and you get some nice stuff. I've also partnered with Lust Cinemas and all their related, uh, they have several different sort of production companies. I'm not sure if they're distinct production companies, but there's X Confessions, there's uh, Lust Cinemas, and then they have a soft core also. So if you like to watch sexy films um, that you know are ethically made and people are paid well. Um, I've intimacy coordinated on some of these sets and I can tell you it's really impressive how they, how they, run, how they run their shoots um, and they make really great content. Um, so I also have a 20% off link to that and the links in the show notes will automatically apply that discount. So that's another way to help the show out and get something for yourself. I have a few classes coming up to share with you. There's Boundaries and Consent for People Pleasers happening again. Um, that is uh, That starts October 5th. It's a five-week class. There is Authenticity in Social Media, which is a two-day that I'm co-teaching with Aphomia Hylomaskal. That is November 7th and 8th. That is a great fit for anyone um, trying to promote a business on social media and who wants to find their voice and some authentic branding and marketing. It's also great for artists who are looking to showcase your work, um, writers, comedians, performers, musicians, visual artists, um, sex workers, anyone uh, who wants to communicate what you're doing uh, with an audience on social media, not lose yourself in the process, um, not burn out, uh, and really find authentic ways to do that. I'm doing uh, the Yes to No Spectrum for Practitioners, which was called Train the Trainer in the past, uh, a five-day intensive, November 6th through 10th. That's a really great fit for anyone who does one-on-one -on -one coaching or counseling therapists, um, sex workers, practitioners of all kinds, body workers, etc. Um, also, anyone who teaches groups, so if you're a life skills teacher, a sex educator, anything like that, um, it's going to be really in-depth around the estino spectrum, practice exercises to bring it into the body, um, frequently asked questions, uh, best practices for teaching, so on and so forth. That's a really great one happening in November. And then we moved Grief with Brooke. This was announced in the last podcast episode, but in case you were on the newsletter or on Instagram, Grief with Brooke is now October, uh, November 8th. That's a four-week class, but we're going to skip the week of Thanksgiving. Um, that class will support with all the grief that comes up through the boundaries and consent 
learning journey, uh, loss of relationships, loss of um, past versions of yourself, uh, grief for how different your life could have been. Brooke creates a really beautiful space to navigate those feelings uh, and, and practice and create rituals for yourself to move through that. All of that is available through the links in the show notes, as well as my workbooks. I have boundaries and consent, the general one. I have one for people pleasers, um, an unblocked one for moving through creative blocks and boundaries and your business. And I also offer one-on-one coaching on boundaries in your business and figuring out what it is that you want to offer and how to market that. Um, I offer one-on-one coaching, unblocked coaching for moving through creative blocks for artists of all kinds. And I also offer consent lessons for cis men, boundary coaching coaching sessions for everybody, and I have space for a few more new clients. Um, All of that information is through my website, consentwizardry.com. Ways to support the show and this work, of course, financially, I really appreciate it um, through subscribing on Instagram or the Patreon, uh, but also Mm. not financially, really helpful to write a review, rate the show, share it with friends, join the newsletter, forward that to people in your life, um, tell your boss about Consent Wizardry, about me, I can come give... um, do workshops, give talks, things like that. I'm also available to speak at colleges and universities. There are ways to make a one-time or a sustaining donation on my website as well through the shop. And I have some cool hats that say share the load and I said no and there's some t-shirts and posters and things. Um, So those are other great ways to support the show. I also still very much need funding for my musical. Um, The GoFundMe link for that is in the show notes. Um, I have to finish recording the soundtrack, which is, uh, some of you may know, horribly expensive. Um, I have to go back to New York to do some more rehearsals, and I'm trying to go to Edinburgh for the Fringe Fest next year uh, doing a solo version of the show. So all of this costs, you know, so much money, so much money. It all costs money. Uh, So anything helps, really. I so appreciate anything you can give. All right, let's go. Hey, I'm Risden Roberts. I'm the core half of this podcast. Um, I'm a consent educator, circuit partner, and restorative practices facilitator. I'm Mia Schachter. I'm the twink half of this podcast. Uh, I'm a writer, consent educator, and intimacy coordinator for TV, film, and theater. And this is you're doing, You're doing it wrong. It wrong. <laughs> I think we nailed it. That was the best we've done so that, far. That time was pretty good. Yeah, that wasn't bad. <laughs> uh, today we wanted to talk about capacity? Mm. <laughs> Question mark. Uh. Um, inspired by my personal current overwhelm, burnout to the point where I showed up 10 minutes late to therapy because I thought it started at one and not noon. And it always starts at noon. Correct? Always starts at noon on Wednesdays. <laughs> it has never you, not started at noon. You had like an, your own personal daylight savings time, basically. Yeah, right, right. She like she sent me an email where she was like, um, I noticed that you're not here. <laughs> <laughs> it's never, you always get the email from the therapist that's like, 
you okay? And yeah. Goes, oh, shit. Yeah. Right. And I was like, yes, I am. And no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, clearly. Right. Yeah. And you're correct. I'm not there. So I will be momentarily. <laughs> uh, and then I was telling you that, so she she told me to see if I could dedicate some time to not being responsible to anybody, like not being anything to anybody. And I just like my jaw hit the floor and I was like, oh my God, like that's a different kind of rest and recuperation than has ever really occurred to me. Um, like I, you know, I, I'll soak my feet. I'll have a good meal. I'll schedule a massage. Like, you know, I'll take a nap. Like there's like things like that or I'll watch TV and just like zone out. Maybe I said that already. Um, but the idea of like not having like relational responsibility for a moment was kind of big. And then I thought, okay, great. Before I record with Brisden, I'm going to walk my dog and enjoy the sun and have some moments of mindfulness and look at a tree. And then I started recording a reel <laughs> as I was walking about when it is not only fine, but perhaps the right thing to do to push past your capacity. <laughs> it reminds me of that TikTok sound where it's like, but not for you though. Not yeah, for yeah, you yeah, though, yeah. you know? No. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah, people should do that. That sounds great right. for everyone else. Except for me. Not Resting, for you though. You should totally do that. But I will rest when I'm dead. Right, right. I'll rest after this next benchmark. Yeah, the one after that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's always the next thing. I feel like, um, especially being in school right now, it's like this this thing that I think is really it's true of every walk of life, but like especially in academia, it's like I just have to finish this paper. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm going to be in school for like five years. Yeah. It's like, girl, right. it's just paper after paper. <laughs> one of the benefits of school, I think, that that has been occurring to me recently that I could, I can replicate and I am in the next year is like that you give yourself really clear time off, mm. you know, like, you know, okay, like winter break is coming up, spring break is coming up, summer break is coming up so that you actually have those moments of like, you know, inhale, 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 hold your breath, hold your breath, hold your breath. And then you have like a massive exhale and it gives you those cycles of like, okay, this is my downtime. Whereas like, especially when, when you work for yourself, you can just keep going and going and going and going. Oh yeah. Like when there's industry slowdown, you know, yeah. like over the break and stuff, it's like, oh, now I have time to do all my all the other, other things. Shit. <laughs> Yeah, like, oh, I'll just write that book real quick while yeah, we're just, on hiatus. <laughs> like, what the just fuck? real quick. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. And I feel like this is, I don't know if it's uniquely American, but I feel like other cultures, like, that's not how they roll. They, like, relish No, dude, they, there's, like, they, there's places you can go where they nap in the middle of the day. You know, like, they take time away from work during work. Yeah, this this thing of like, you know, again to to bring up that TikTok TikTok noise again. Where the the not for you though. It's very much like when people say um, your worth is not tied to your productivity, or people say 
mm-hmm. we're human beings, not human de- doings. I'm like, mm-hmm, totally, but not for yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> totally. I'm the exception. I mean, I, right. <laughs> I mean, I think I, I, I see that in myself with like various, various things, like including, you know, exercise where I'm like, I know that my life would be better if I exercised, but like, I'm so glad that you have that in your life. I'm good. <laughs> You're like, but totally, like, yeah. not. <laughs> right, right. It's so important to exercise and I shan't yeah. be doing that. No. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My I, need for sleep, I swear, I don't know if it's getting older, but like, I, I feel like my life is completely run based on just like my, the amount of sleep I need. I can't do yeah. any. And I try, I feel like I tried for a decade to operate on five or six hours and I just can't, mm-mm, mm-mm. you know? Well, I think that's where I'm kind of struggling with this sort of question of capacity is like, I am so fortunate to sleep really well and I Mm -hmm. sleep as long as I need and Mm -hmm. I don't need to wake up with an alarm most of the time. Are you kidding? You go to bed at like 11 latest most nights. I see you just sort of check out and then you're up when I'm awake. You've been awake for a while. Yeah. You just do that organically. Oh, yeah. Oh no. If you, if you left me in a dark room, I I've slept for 36 hours before. Like I'll just knock out. No, I just can't sleep anymore. Like I'm just up. Oh, so envious. And, and there are even mornings where I'm like, man, just relax. Like chill. You don't have to do anything. Like just close your eyes. Like you don't even have to sleep. Like just relax. And I like my foot starts tapping, like my Mm -hmm. eyes will close and, um, and it's not like, it doesn't feel like anxiety. It's just kind of like, you're done. Like, you don't need more of this. Like your egg timer's gone off. You're like, Bing. yeah, yeah, totally. But I think that's where I'm kind of hitting this giant question mark with the with the capacity question. Because I'm like, I'm feeling so run down and mm-hmm. so slow. And it's showing up in things like I'm late to therapy I forgot I had therapy at noon or like you know snapping at my friends as I did to you this weekend and I love you you too (laughs) um and and you know and then just then being like oh yeah I'll totally take on this other project because I'm excited about it you know like yeah I'll totally start filming with you exactly on on the weekend this project that I think we're talking about was like it's taken everything in my power to not be like, I want to help too, because it's so exciting. I guess that's part of having a life worth living is it's like, there's too, too many good things. And I'm just like, well, it's, and it's fantastic. And it's so like, it's so exciting. I don't want to announce it yet. I think we should, we should wait and we should get permission from our friend, but Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's something I've wanted to do for so many years. Like I'm not going to turn this down. Um, and I'm working on all these other projects that are so amazing and so nourishing and so exciting in all these different ways. But it's like, I, I am just overwhelmed. I am overwhelmed. So I think I do want to touch on like going past your capacity is a legitimate choice in certain instances, because I think that what can happen and, you know, this is our podcast on like consent 2.0. Mm-hmm. I feel like consent 1.0 is mm. like, don't go beyond your capacity. Right. Super simple. Find your capacity, state it, don't go beyond it. Right. And then it's like, well, hang on a second. I am a relational being. Mm-hmm. I operate within the variable of time. Things I said I was going to do yesterday, I don't want to do today, but mm-hmm. I need to do them for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So 
And also I've made commitments to people I care about Mm -hmm. and I want to follow through on those commitments. I want to show up, you know, friend is in an emotional crisis with a partner. I want to show up for her. Um, Someone is dealing with a breakup. My friend's dog, love you. My friend's (laughs) dog um, just got attacked and she was like, she's in the process. for real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And she's in the process of opening a coffee shop this week. So she asked, like, can you, um, you know, let my dog out to pee if I need to? And I was like, yes, these are the ways I can, you know, another friend got fired. I was like, these Mm. are the ways that I can help. And, you know, so there's instances where I'm like, I'm stoned on the couch and I don't want to move, but like friend is having a crisis. So I'm going to push myself because Mm -hmm. this is how I want to show up for the people Mm -hmm. I care about. Mm-hmm. Um, now I think there's like an element of that where it's like, where it becomes beyond what I personally want to be doing, which is like when it is about, um, confirming or like reaffirming a part of my identity that's important to me, such mm-hmm. as like, I want to be a good friend. Right. And I'm like, do you see where I'm going? You know where I'm going? Yeah, first? like the yeah. like I'm the rescuer, I'm the stable, I'm the mom in this relationship, whatever. Not quite like that. I think I'm talking more about being like, it's important to me to be a good listener, let's say. Mm. And so sometimes if I am trying to prove that or confirm that as a quality that I have, I may go too far past my capacity Mm. or I may even actually stop being totally present because I'm like trying to prove to you that I'm a good listener. You're like performing the quality. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It made me just think about how like hall of fame baseball there it's like (laughs) they get like 0.3 that's their batting average to be in the hall of fame. So it's like they get less than three out of they get three out of ten and that that counts as hall of fame and they're still considered like the greatest baseball players it's like which is a quality but they're not perfect all the time you know I love that as a metaphor just like Mm -hmm. for everything that's Mm -hmm. yeah right that like that is enough Mm. 30 (laughs) percent um not for me though no no not for me though no a hundred a hundred or death um Anyway, I, you know, I think I just want to differentiate between like, I'm trying to prove that I am a good friend, you know, versus Mm -hmm. like, this is really how I believe, like, what it means to be a good friend. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to show up for you when you're in crisis. Um, And here's the ways that I can show up. And also, perhaps I have hit my capacity, like, like, I learn what my capacity is often by hitting my limit. Mm-hmm. going past my limit. And so then if I want to follow through on this thing, I can follow through on this thing, get myself the care that I need to recuperate and then put systems in place for myself to prevent this kind of thing moving forward. Being able to then assess like, oh, I crossed my threshold not because I drove 20 minutes at 9 p.m. to show up for my friend at like with food but because I had also done x y and z today and so 
now moving forward, I'm going to have more information to gauge like what is actually within my capacity before I say I'm going to do it. Since I've said I'm going to do it, I am going to follow through. I think what I'm hearing you say is it's like, even though it's the, the straw that broke the camel's back thing, it's like, it's not that one straw. It's not like, even though the yeah. breakdown occurred by helping this friend, for example, it's yeah. all the other stuff before that built it, up to Perhaps, that. perhaps, yes, exactly. right? Yeah. Like that's, yeah. those are all factors that maybe I wasn't gauging all of the factors. And so now that I've crossed my threshold and I'm noticing like, oh, I'm getting a little snippy. I'm getting a little like, oh, you know what? I didn't eat. I'm hungry you know like you can gather all this information and then you can go okay so like the next time I'm gonna go help my friend with with her dog I'm gonna make sure that I have a snack with me Mm -hmm. like okay that's great that's great information this all seems to come back to like and I I get so whatever when people are like inner child work like my eyes just glaze over Mm -hmm. I'm just like I'm putting the earmuffs on but like it really I do think it's helpful to remember, like, I have to parent myself. You know what I mean? Like, I have to make sure that I get the sleep and I eat and I move my body. And I, you know, it's. Yeah, I know. It's like, I do these things for my dog, but not for me, though. Not for you, though. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, sweetie, are you thirsty? Are you you hungry? You need to go potty? Meanwhile, Mia Mia has not had a glass of water in 48 hours. Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, why am I so cranky? Everyone's so mean. Right, right. Why are my friends so fucking demanding? (laughs) Right, right. Um, Um, I wanted to, we were going to kind of tie this in with um, like nonverbal information. And you were talking about in consent work, like something that was really eye-opening for you um, around like getting a sense of the, the way that like, was it that your body communicates with you to tell you? Was it for that? Yeah. Like I sought a consent education because I was working with people who had, um, I wouldn't say like essay stuff, but sort of like interrelational non-disclosure poly stuff that was sort of like a pattern of dishonesty regarding like sex and relationships. So so that's why I sought your work was to become more educated about consent. So that was my lens. And what I actually discovered was like, for, for me, the, the biggest tool that I share a lot with clients now is the yes to no spectrum because it really allows me, it gives, it's almost like a key to a map to be like, where am I on this? You know what I mean? So I'm like, oh, I'm talking myself into this. I'm deferring to somebody else's uh, decision-making. I'm, but, and also like somatically that like, I know what burnout feels like in my body like I feel almost like do you remember these (laughs) these exercise machines where you like glue the electrical pads onto your abs and you can just sit on the couch and it crunches your abs for you it's like my whole body feels like it's it has that in it but it's coming from the inside it's like that yes that's what burnout feels like for me I don't know Risen I think I can hear your hair on the microphone can you like I could, but the thing is, I look so cute right now. Okay, you fine. You do. I know. I'm going for I mean, Veronica you s- Lake. You still look so cute. <laughs> if you want, you can pull your hair over on the other side. I know, but too. the parts on this side, Mia, it's fine. It's fine. I apologize you that everybody great. has to for look anyone, at this. For everyone listening, Risden looks so cute right now. <laughs> I curled my hair yesterday. I just want to make sure that you know that Risden looks so cute right now. Like a really stressed out, threadbare Veronica Lake in a fisherman sweater. 
that's yeah. the look. Yeah. Um, can you, I wonder if you have any, like, so I teach a class on nonverbals and it's like all of the nonverbal ways that we communicate with each other, but also with ourselves. So like the ways that I might start to notice, like when I'm no longer being super honest, mm. maybe my voice kind of goes up like this a little mm. bit. And so I'm like, just, and I'm like, I'm, I'm playing with the, the strings that are hanging off of my shorts. Cause these are cut off jeans. And I just kind of started going a little faster with it. And like, I don't know, you know, so like, okay, that's like great information for me. Um, I, other information is like, I've been able to notice now, like I can tell the kind of stress that I'm feeling in my body when I have to speak up, like I will mm. regret not speaking up. My pit starts sweating, my hands start sweating. I start, oh. my breath gets really shallow um, and my mouth goes dry. Like, like this ad adrenalizing to speak yeah. sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think without having had that experience enough times, I just would have thought like, I'm sick now. Mm. And I feel bad now. I need to leave perhaps. Mm. Well, you it's know, flight, right? It's flight. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And so now I recognize that and I'm like, I know what this means. This means I have to say something. Like I can notice my flight and go, actually, this is, this is what I, I'm going to choose to do is fight. Like pivot a tiny bit. What? Like pivot it a tiny bit. Yeah. Instead yeah, of being harness like. Harness it in yeah. a way. Yeah. And then, you know, more positive stuff. Like when I'm feeling pretty confident and grounded, I'm usually like speaking as I am right now. I often look like out and to the left a little bit up. Whereas like when I'm stressed or nervous or talking about something that like is hard to talk about, I'm often like looking kind of down mm. to the right and my speech kind of slows down and, um, and I will generally reach for something to, to fidget with. To fidget, so, yeah. yeah. So like, this is all information. Yeah. For other people, but they can't read my mind. It's information for me about I'm hitting my capacity. I'm, um, I'm stressed. I'm nervous. I'm not comfortable. I am comfortable. I'm feeling super grounded right now. I'm listening. You know, like this is just all really useful information for each of us. And then I think I'll punt it to you in terms <laughs> of like, what does that mean around consent and like disclosure? I think it was like where we were kind of going. Yeah. You mean like, um, or like being honesty with yourself. Right. Being able to like know when you're, again, I use this term a lot, like in or out of alignment with myself, which is sort yeah. of woo-woo speak, but it just means like, am I fighting myself or am I not fighting myself? Right. Mm. Um, and then being able to have some insight and clarity around that so that I can disclose or can speak honestly. Um, I feel like for me, it's not, I don't often find myself in places where if I find myself in a place where I have to be a little dishonest, like perhaps when I was stripping, right? Like I'm not yeah. necessarily being dishonest, but I'm, and I'm not somebody who really puts on a persona. Um, but I'm a version of myself and I'm, I'm indicating perhaps like more sexual availability than I am mm. actually 
feeling in my pussy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and it doesn't feel, I don't think I have like tells. maybe also part of the reason I don't have tells is because I have worked so often in spaces where I, um, have to project something other than what I'm actually feeling, like, especially with sex work. Um, mm-hmm. or I was a waitress for a really long time. And so I, I can feel what's going on in my body, but, and maybe I do have tells, but I'm not really sure what they are, but I know like I can have like a panic if I'm feeling like burnt out and I'm getting a lot of requests from friends for like emotional support. That's like a big thing for me where I'm mm-hmm. just like, I want to throw my phone into the river and just go back to 1990 where nobody can reach me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, I think more the version for me is I'm, I tend to be a flighter as well. However, I can go into fight when I feel like I'm not being heard. And then I get the feedback a lot that I'm yelling when I don't actually think that I'm yelling, mm. which I just attribute to being Irish Catholic, but um, just a much louder woman than I think I am. I don't know. I guess that would be my tell. Yeah. I think you were, you were telling me before we, well, I guess I was talking about like this sort of thing that I've said over the years around like consent is a really useful tool to help remove the veil between you mm-hmm. and yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is like uh, the ways that, like I can't be honest with other people when I'm lying to myself. Right. And even lying to myself, it's like, I, sometimes it's like, I just don't know what the truth is. Like something I say to people a lot when I'm presented with like, um, an ask or a request or an offer, I'm like, I often say, I do not know my truth in the moment. Like I'm just somebody who has to take a step back and kind of let it sort of reverberate through the bell of my body until I know where I land with it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it may be, maybe that I imagine that's true for a lot of people, but some people just don't know their truth at all because they just are not very introspective or they haven't been interested in that process for a long time. Right. Yes. Yes. I mean, I think like there, I've for a long time now said, like, I'm not the friend who's going to help you lie to yourself. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if, if I had, a, I had a friend years ago in, in Brooklyn and she was like rampantly cheating on her boyfriend and like, they were not Polly. She was just fully cheating on her boyfriend. And I shouldn't be laughing. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, And like, you know, I hate that. I think that sucks, but it's like not really my business. Like this Mm -hmm. is her relationship, whatever. And like, I was fully prepared to like be there and support her through whatever feelings she was having. But what kept happening was that she would say like, well, I only slept with this guy because this was going on and like it's okay because like she was just kind of doing these like mental gymnastics to like retroactively justify her behavior that like she herself didn't even agree with Mm. like morally um yeah yeah and it's like okay I feel like this happens a lot when people get into therapy they're like well I do this thing that I don't like that I do such as cheat on my boyfriend because of this reason, which I've therapy has now illuminated to me, I know where my pattern comes from. And they kind of stop there. Yeah. I'm yeah, like, yeah. yes. And let's right. okay. Right? So what are we doing yeah. about it? Keep, keep yeah. going. Keep going. <laughs> um, 
but so like there was there were these ways that I was just like witnessing her tell these lies and like in order for me to be you know the lies to herself and she would go like and that's okay and that's okay and that's okay and and I and I started to feel like in order to be the friend that she wanted I was gonna have to go like yeah that totally makes sense to me like I for sure yeah like that you're right you know and I just kind of got to a point where I was like oh I can't do that I can't um be complicit yes and like I have a I have a dear friend now who came to me and I'm not going to disclose anything. I'm going to be very careful. Mm. Um, but like, you know, I think I said some things that were hard for her to hear. She, she told me as much, but she also expressed a lot of appreciation that I wasn't just being like, yes, you're right. Yes, you're right. Yes, you're right. And you know, I'm not always the friend then that people are going to call when they just need to like, you know, like have someone say, like, you're right. He sucks. You're a hundred percent correct. You know, like, and, and, and that's fine. Like we all need different friends and whatever, whatever, but like that, that's not going to be me. So anyway, I think in terms of like consent being this way and to remove the veil, something comes to mind that, um, our friend has brought up a number of times from, from 12 step, which is this idea of like giving plausible but untrue reasons for your behavior. I love that so much. <laughs> I'm trying to think of an example of that in my life, plausible but untrue. I can give an example. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Um, so I told you about this date I had this weekend where I, um, where they like didn't um, ask me anything about myself the entire time. And like, didn't ask me, not even about myself, but like, didn't ask me a question. Like they just kind of kept talking. Um, I don't know, maybe I made them nervous. That would be like my generous read on, mm -hmm. on the situation. But like, mm -hmm. anyway, you know, leaving, leaving a date like that, I'm like, okay, that's like probably not for me. So <laughs> I do currently have a, a friend in crisis and I had told her that I would be available. Uh, over the next several days, if she needed to call, if she wanted me to come over, like whatever I was able to do, like, yes, I, I will do. So this date was near her, near where she lives. And I told her like, I'm getting coffee at 1030. I can come over around 1130 if you want, or I can just call you or I can not, you know? And she was like, great. Thanks for checking in. So around 1130, I'm like, I don't really want to be on this date anymore. And yes, I did say that I would check on my friend, but um, that was not why I wanted to leave this date. Hmm. So I told this date, like I said, I would check on my friend. I told her I would be available. Um, and so I'm going to go. Right. So that, yes, that is a plausible reason why I'm leaving this date. But Remind it's not the actual reason why I'm leaving the state. Right. I see what you're saying. I uh, counterpoint. 
yeah. my my sponsor likes to say not everybody is entitled to your honesty. Absolutely. I completely yeah. agree with that. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. I don't think everyone is entitled to my honesty, my intimacy, my vulnerability, my yeah. truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I completely agree. And I also don't think that like there's no real need for me to say to this person, I don't want to keep hanging out with you. No, it's like, you're like, you know, you knew you were like, this isn't really a vibe and I'm not going to see this person again. So like leaving politely is the, right. like, why cause, why set a bomb off on your way out the door? Right. But so we can use this example and extrapolate it to like more sinister things, right? Where, like, <laughs> I love <I'm>, sinister things. <laughs> yeah. Like where I'm not trying to, like, I am, I am. And, and, and also you can imagine situations in which like, I'm not even aware that I'm not being honest about why I'm leaving. I really do believe that it's because I said I was going to go check on my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that's the place where I think that like opacity with yourself, you know, this is a pretty harmless example of this, but like we can all probably think of not so harmless versions where the lie that someone is telling is the result of like them actually not knowing their own truth because like your friend who's like, well, I'm cheating on my partner because I'm lonely because they're out. It's like, babe, maybe you just wanted to come. Yeah. No, you just don't want to be with this person anymore. (laughs) And like, you don't want to end the relationship. You're trying to get him to end the relationship. Boy. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think this kind of thing happens all the time. Um, It requires, some, I I think everyone to a certain degree, we can maybe we don't, maybe it's impossible to know like our own internal total truth. Like yeah. you're doing 20 years of psychoanalysis and you're still like, you oh, don't yeah. really know what's going on at the deep depths, Durham. like the, the, the deep sea where it's like pitch black, like you don't really know, but it's like, I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of of why I do the things I do, or perhaps I'll do something and then pretty quickly I'll know why yeah. I did that. Um, but it's hard when you interact with people, which often happens in dating, right? We, we kind of have this like very quick, like introduction to somebody we don't really know at all. Um, and we like talk to them for a while, um, where it's like, not, not everybody is aware of their own truth. Like not everyone's that in touch with themselves. Yes. And so then there comes this philosophical question that I am often entertaining, which is like, are you responsible for the lies you don't know you're telling? Mm, yeah, that's. Yeah, like it, it's almost like you, because you don't know, like you don't right. know. I mean, I can think about I didn't know why when I was deep in alcoholism, I didn't know I was an alcoholic. I didn't know that I was drinking because of X, Y and Z. I literally was just like, this is the only good thing in my life is mm-hmm. drinking, you know? Yes. And then it's like then there comes this question of like, but there is very real impact Mm -hmm. of lies, even when you don't know you're telling them. Yeah. And if you repeatedly are being dishonest and you don't do any, like, and you don't reflect, you know, and then you don't start to go like, all right, like this is, I really need to start looking at this. I'm causing harm. I'm causing wreckage, whatever. Right. And you and I talk a lot about like blame Mm. and 
like, I think there's a way to look at this that's like, well, what if no one is to blame for the lies you don't know you're telling? But I don't feel, you know, it's kind of like how I think you and I have talked about this where like, if someone is, is repeatedly hurting you and they're not in therapy, it's really hard to go like, okay, it could just be like this forever. And I'm going to stay in this relationship. Like that's, I mean, I'm often like, unless you are planning on like figuring this out and you are doing the work and the, you know, digging into this, like I may have to exit this relationship entirely. Like I'm sure he's never going to listen to this. So like my dad is an example. Um, you know, there have been times before he was in therapy that I was like, I don't know that I'm going to be able to have a relationship with my dad forever. Like I would think about having kids and being like, you know, if, if you continue to have these angry outbursts, like I will not be bringing my child around you. Um, and now that he's in therapy, my patience with him has expanded. Mm -hmm. So like if someone is being repeatedly dishonest with you because they're being repeatedly dishonest with themselves and they are not willing to look at that, Mm -hmm. I may have to exit. If that is something that they're willing to look at, then there's like potential here. Yeah. I I think bringing up family is, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Like for me, I don't have a relationship with my father and I have a very on again, off again relationship with my mother. And if either of these people weren't my family, I would, I would not have a relationship with them. You know, I think because, you know, I was just talking with my cousin about this. Like we come from a family where like, we don't do boundaries. Like for me to be like, Hey, you can't talk to me like that is I'm now certifiably insane. Like, of Mm -hmm. course, everyone can talk to you however they want to. And I'm Mm. like, well, the thing is, if you're going to talk to me that way, I'm just not going to talk to you. And that's like, they and you're a wrap- fucking fascist. Right. And I'm trying to control how they talk to you. Right. And it's like, like just let, you know, who even knows what the justification is, but um, yeah, it's like, I, I'm a bitch for being like, you can't talk to me this way or you can't, you can talk to me however you want. I'm just not going to speak I will, to you. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. The, there are consequences for you speaking to me that way. Namely like my presence in your life. Right. Exactly. Evil. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, my, my mother and my father are never going to go to therapy. Like right. they're not changing, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Well, so this kind of brings up like where you were going with this before we started recording, which was that you can only meet people at the level that they've met themselves. Yeah. And I think it's hard because I think, you know, in queer culture, like it is pretty common for people to be in therapy. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're actually, I would think like one of the designs of therapy or one of the intentions of therapy is to like figure out what our behavior patterns are that don't serve us, why we do those behavior patterns and try to like change them. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's not necessarily, everybody's not at the same place in that journey. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's hard. (laughs) Well, I I sometimes wonder, like, you know, how I am represented to other people's therapists. Mm. I had had someone say to me once that, like, this thing that I said to them was so 
obviously wrong. Like e- even their therapist thought that it was wrong. Can we? And just, I was sorry. Can what? we just like make a blanket declaration? Like, please don't weaponize what your therapist said in the session yeah. against me. Because first of all, I don't believe you. Second of all, why is your therapist saying that? Like, yeah, your therapist what have you not... told them that is making them say that? And what, like, what good therapist is responding with like declarative statements about the character? Of someone about who isn't other present? people. I know, I know. No, I'm totally <laughs> with you. And like, and I also know for a fact that this person was like not providing the context to what was said. Like, without a doubt, this person was not providing the context. Um, and so, but you know, okay. So like, I, I try not to concern myself with how anyone thinks of me when I'm not around, like, whatever. It's not my, it's honestly just not even my business. Mm. Um, but I then wonder not just like how I'm being described (laughs) like to their therapist, but I often wonder, does your therapist then like, hold you accountable to your own patterns. Like I know for this person specifically that like everyone is, is like evil, you know, like everyone is out to get them. Everyone is hurting them. Everyone is doing and saying the wrong thing. And like, this is why I no longer am in this person's life or have them in my life. But like, does a therapist, you know, like to the question of, like you can only meet people where they've met themselves. Like I, I wonder if therapists see through that. And then of course the flip side of that is like, I am also in therapy and I also talk about other people. Right. And so like, does my therapist see through me? If I'm starting to go like, you know, if I'm starting to say patterns, like is my therapist going to say, well, you know, I've noticed that like you say this particular thing about a lot of people in your life. Like what I'm is noticing that a pattern here. Right. right, right. But right, like if I'm not willing to look at that, no one else can get me to look at that. Yeah. And even like, I don't know, I feel like in a lot of times in therapy, I've said like, why are, if both of my parents, if I can't have a relationship with both of my parents, surely that says something about me. Right. Most people have one good parent, right? Sure. Like, I'm like, come on. Like, they, I, I call them crazy check. Like, I, and I've done this to you before, too. Yeah. But like, tell me, am I, am I out of my mind? Like, because right. the, the reality that I'm looking at is so bananas. And I think, um, you know, even like with, with dating, I had my therapist recently say to me, like, because I was like, man, I dated this person. It was going so well. And then it just exploded and it was terrible. And, um, my therapist was like, people are not well. Yes. (laughs) Which I was like, this is also kind of comes back to what we were talking about earlier. We're like, I'm not the friend who's not going to, I'm not the friend who's going to co-sign your bullshit. Right. I'm not the friend who's going to be complicit in your lies. Like I like when people tell, like if, if I'm being cheated on, I want my friends to tell me, do you know what I mean? I'm like, tell me the hard truth. I'd rather know. And my therapist was them saying to me, like, you know, people are not, it's hard to date because most people are not well. You know, and I'm like, that yeah. sucks to hear, but I'm so glad you were honest with me. You know, well, I feel that way about like my, you know, people who come into my DMs, right? Or like people who used <laughs> to comment on 
my page when I had comments on and then how like there's so much critique of like people who don't have comments on on their page like you're not open to feedback you don't want to hear from the public and I'm like the public as a whole is not well (laughs) they are not generally speaking like down to earth present listening caring you know self-reflective yes no, that's not the case. I'm sorry. Have you met the public? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, what do you mean? I need to take feedback from everybody. Yeah, oh, I'm good. No. No, How no. bad is this dog in the background? I can't hear it. Okay. I can't hear it. Oh, I can hear it a little bit. Yeah, you can. I think, should we pause for a sec? Sure. I think um, they may have just gotten. Okay, we're back. Hi, I don't sorry. remember exactly where we left off. I don't know either. Dogs everywhere. I think we were just talking about therapy and like, are people actually doing the work or are they just like, well, I have a therapist. Oh, that the public isn't well. Oh, the public. Boy. Instagram are well. I mean, all you got to do to know this is like open a dating app and just look at how many people you're like, oh God, are you okay? You're, you don't look okay. I just started you know? disassociating. Yeah. Yeah. I it, like... I, I go through dating apps and I'm like, yeah, I do. Like if this person commented on my page, if this person DM'd me, like I would not need to, like, I can, I can gather from the things you say and the things that you're doing in your photos that like, we do not have much in common, including our values. And I do not need to take your feedback on how I'm doing my work. Yeah. It's also like, who is this for? Like, who's this work for? Right. Like it's not for necessarily, I mean, it'd be great if everybody was interested in it, but I think you kind of have to be at a certain level of like, um, being interested in interpersonal dynamics and like your own experience with the world to even be able to get your work. Does that make sense? Yes. And on Instagram, you can like an incel can talk to me if they want to, like, you know what I mean? Like that person does not get to tell me like how to do what I do. Yeah. They're not well, Mia. The no. people, my the therapist was like, unfortunately I'm an expert and I can say with authority, <laughs> people are not well. Yeah. Disappointing news. Oh yeah. So sorry to say, but. Real bummer. Just... <laughs> um. Well, let's, let's leave it there today. I think. Next week we can we can try to get to like what happens when you start to do this work, but like people around you aren't, and like Ooh. how how you can engage in conversations with people without like around this stuff without being like give it without giving them like a syllabus and like a resource <laughs> list to catch up. Because yeah. um, there are ways to do it, and then there are ways that like you know relationships change, and and a lot mm-hmm. of them fall away, and like the schism sometimes just grows and it can be it can be really hard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we can do that next time okay okay <laughs> um any any closing statements uh, no god bless you all god bless may you may the road rise to meet you may you meet the well people i i, yes. I bless you to meet the may, people that are you, well. May you find your. Here's a good one. Your truth. <laughs>
Hmm. May you date at your level of wellness. Yes. That's my wish for you, our lovely audience. I'll leave it there. I I, I like that one. Thank you. (laughs)